I have to make sure that microphone is not on while I'm singing because uh, it would clear the room very quickly. Um, good morning and welcome. Uh, welcome to visitors. David's back and uh, have some of my children came back too, so good to see them. Howard, welcome you and your family. Uh, it's good to be here today uh, on a Christmas Eve, and I couldn't help but talk about uh, Christmas um, and the star of Bethlehem and the baby Jesus. So uh, let's start with a word of prayer, please, and then we'll turn to Matthew 2. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the, the remembrance we have of you, Christ, coming to earth, um, living the life that we, that we live with uh, the troubles and trials and temptations. But Lord, you did it without sin. And Lord, we thank you for that. And we thank you that you gave your life for a ransom, Lord, and that you didn't stay in the grave. We thank you, Lord, that we serve a risen, a risen Savior. Lord, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you could turn to Matthew 2, please. <clears throat> I'm going to, I actually want to read the whole chapter, so bear with me, and hopefully my voice will hold up. Matthew chapter 2, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Ju Judah, art not thou, art not least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, 
and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Rise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and went forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken of Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared, appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judah in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, he shall be called a Nazarene. This this story is super familiar to us, and it's very familiar to most people, um, especially in our country, or those that have been exposed to Christianity. And Christmas is such a big holiday that most businesses are closed, people go home, spend time with their family, and do the traditions that we, that we um, do. Uh, what's interesting is <clears throat> many of the things that we thought we knew uh, may not always be true. We often see the, the manger set up with, uh, you know, the baby Jesus. There's uh, maybe a star. There's maybe uh, three wise men with, uh, you know, maybe some sheep around and, or whatever. Uh, some of that is true, uh, based on truth. Some of it isn't. Uh, so I wanted to look at, I started uh, about a month ago thinking about the Star of Bethlehem. And uh, we watched a video 
which they had some pretty interesting uh, astronomical explanations. But the more I researched, the more I realized that I don't think that was quite accurate, the video. Uh, but let's dive a little bit into <clears throat> what could a what a star could have been, or some of the explanations that have been described uh, over the years to explain the star. Uh, first of all, it's pretty much been determined that Christ was born in in three B.C. Um, and there's a lot of evidence, even especially in this chapter, that can pretty much nail down his birth to within uh, a year or two uh, because of the taxation uh, issue and also because of uh, Herod, uh, regular history records will uh, knows when Herod died and they're able to line some things up. So. But uh, Christ probably almost certainly was not born December 25th. Uh, it turns out that, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but there was uh, Pope Julius I um, in, I think it was about 350 AD, decided that he wanted to Christianize a, a pagan uh, holiday that was in the wintertime. So he's like, you know what? We don't really know for sure what day Christ was born, so let's make it the 25th of December, and we're going to trump this um, pagan holiday, and we're going to Christianize it and, and turn it into a Christian holiday. So here we are. But all the evidence points to probably he was born uh, between April 20th and May 20th, uh, 3 BC. So uh, we don't know the exact day. But anyway, back to the star. So the star is key to this uh, chapter, right? And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to find out what the star was? Well. I am not the first to wonder that, and so um, over the years it's changed a little bit, but some people thought maybe it was, there was a supernova, uh, basically an exploding star, uh, but that's kind of been, been debunked because there's really good records of when supernovas happened, and they didn't necessarily line up with uh, Christ's birth. Uh, people thought maybe it was a comet, but until very quite recently, maybe the 1800s, comets were thought to be a bad omen, and it's very unlikely that uh, God would have had used a comet to bring the joy of Christ coming to earth. So, uh, it probably was not a comet. <clears throat> Another idea is a massing of planets. And this kind of leads into uh, what the video was talking about, where they thought maybe there was a conjunction of planets that came together and made it look like a really bright star. 
So they thought maybe Jupiter came with, uh, together with Venus, um, and then maybe it ended up in this constellation. Um, what's interesting is that, well, first of all, <coughs> excuse me, the planets were called wandering stars. And if you didn't have a telescope, uh, basically you look in the sky and the planets look almost like a star. Except the planets don't always follow the night sky like we think of. And so they might advance forward of a constellation and then look like they're going back and sometimes they'll overlap other planets and other stars. Because of the records that we have, we are able to know when this is going to happen. And so they're able to project, the astronomers are able to project back in time and see, okay, did you know, Jupiter and Venus line up at this time? And sometimes they did, but they weren't always incredible. Uh, it was, and even now, uh, you'll see a conjunction of Jupiter and Venus, uh, I think it was 2036 or something like that. So about every 15 to 16 years this happens. So this is interesting, but not super, like, would you, as a uh, wise man or wise woman, travel maybe a thousand miles to see what you've been studying for years in the sky. Not that likely. So one of the keys is the, the Magi. Um, I want to talk a little bit about them. You know, it talks about how the, the star was seen in the east. And actually, a more correct reading was it was seen from the east. And so the wise men or the magi traveled from uh, probably Persia, which is Iran, or possibly even Western China, all the way to Jerusalem to worship Christ. So this would have taken months or maybe even a year. And you have to think in your mind, this is gonna be a caravan of camels, probably. Uh, they're gonna have a security detail because they're carrying really expensive things. And it's going to be a big event uh, for them to travel that far. So the Magi was interesting is uh, they were, and not just from the Bible, but from other texts also, uh, usually learned priests of an ancient religion who made precise observations of the night sky. And they were usually the closest counselors of the king. It is, it's assumed that Daniel was a, what they call a, a rab mag, Daniel and the lion's den. And this translates to chief of the magi, and this would be from Daniel 5.11. Many other ancient scripts mention Magi. Uh, and it's also assumed that these 
Magians believed in one true God and were familiar with the Jewish prophecies of a king of the Jews. So probably these wise men, and I don't think they were kings, but they are pretty high level, maybe you know, a couple levels below the king. Uh, they studied the night sky and they also had access to some of the Jewish uh, scriptures from the Old Testament. So they would probably, like the Jews, were expecting a Messiah to come at some imminent time. So uh, <clears throat> they also could have known about the prophecies from Daniel that a king is coming, as well as uh, Balaam's prophecy in Numbers 24, 17 which says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Seth, of Sheth, sorry. Um, so they probably are looking at the sky, they're thinking, okay, a king is coming, and this is a big deal. Uh, so they're watching and waiting. And what was interesting is that just a few, <clears throat> excuse me, just a few years ago, there was a, a script that was discovered and finally translated into English that was actually called the Revelation of the Magi. Um, and it was written by a Persian, uh, it was written by the Persian Magi themselves in about 300 AD, describing an epic journey to the West. It was translated just 12 years ago into English, but their conclusion was that Christ has revealed himself to all religions around the world, which is very interesting. Uh, in, probably a discussion on its own. But they also said they described light that seemed to emanate from the child. So it's not scripture, but it's kind of interesting that these guys had such a big journey that they wrote it down. And it seems like we have um, have outside the Bible evidence of uh, of their journey. And light emanating from the child. I uh, think about some of our Catholic pictures. Uh, they always had a kind of a halo around Christ, the baby in the, in the manger. Uh, it's, um, it's an assumption at this point. <clears throat> So they would take this, the, uh, probably the Silk Road, or they call it the Spice Road sometimes. And uh, we don't know if there were three, but there was more than one. Uh, we just assume there were three. We three kings of Orient are, right? Uh, because there were three gifts. But from scripture, we don't know. We just know there's more than one. But I think that it was a supernatural event uh, that caused the star for them to follow. Um, 
Because if you think about it, at the same time, uh, Herod, all of his chief advisors, the priests, the scribes, they didn't see the star. They had to inquire, hey, where did you see the star? So you think about maybe these, these uh, wise men traveling, seeing a star in the sky, probably maybe several nights in a row, hey, we need to go check this out. And God could have easily just put a light in the sky. So they follow it. Uh, probably doesn't uh, stay appeared the whole entire time, but maybe rose every night or maybe every several nights. Somehow it got them to go. And if they're heading this way and following a star, they check the map, oh, Jerusalem's out there. Let's head to Jerusalem. So the star didn't straightly lead them to Bethlehem, but they would have gone to Jerusalem. So now you have a caravan of, of uh, high, highly esteemed you know, advisors from a faraway country roll into Jerusalem, and basically they were able to get an audience with Herod uh, probably right away. So they could, could not have been just regular people. They must have been emissaries from a far off country. Herod, you know, they knock on Herod's door. This is kind of uh, vernacular, right? Hey, Herod, we're from Persia, and uh, we'd like to have a, a meeting with you. You know, would you grant us an audience kind of thing? So <clears throat> it's also unlikely that it would have happened at the, the time of Jesus' birth but almost certainly it would have been within two years of his birth because we know that two, you know, Herod eventually kills all the children two years and under from that area. But if we look at verse 11, it talks about how <clears throat> Joseph, Mary, and Jesus were living in a house and when they were coming to the house, so they, they weren't in the manger anymore. Uh, they had found a house in Bethlehem. And so we have a star eventually over the house. Um, <clears throat> and it's just speculation that maybe once Joseph got these gifts, um, you know, he used some of the money to go to Egypt when God told him, uh, you need to flee, right? But anyway, <clears throat> so by the time the Magi reached Jerusalem, they had to ask Herod where the king of the Jews was born, um, which is interesting because Herod actually was titled king of Judea, and most of the people living in Judea were Jews, and so often Herod was referred to as a king of the Jews, which really bothered the Jews because from the history books, he had actually converted 
converted to uh, uh, the Jewish religion. But most people think, most people agree that he just did it to try to kind of win over the people. But it turned out to, it backfired because the Jews are like, well, he's not really Jewish, but he's calling him king of the Jews. And so there was a lot of tension between Herod and the king of the Jews. But then you have the wise men coming in and saying, hey, we heard the king of the Jews was born around here. And so now you have Herod thinking, king of the Jews, wait, I'm the king of the Jews, and is a threat, right? This is a threat, because now their people are probably going to, in a few years, start following Jesus, or this king of the Jews, right? And uh, so he's going to put an end to that before it starts, or so he thinks. Um, <clears throat> but then the star reappeared after the audience with the Magi, the star reappeared because in verse 10 it talks about them rejoicing with exceeding joy when they saw the star. So the star is back and the star is leading them to not just Bethlehem but to Jesus' house. So if you imagine, um, or if I found out that Jerusalem and Bethlehem they're only six miles apart. And so if it was a regular star in the sky, it would be impossible to distinguish between six miles. Not to mention the fact that as you, it describes a star as basically stopping over Jesus's house. Meanwhile, as they're walking, time goes by, the earth rotates, and so all the stars would be rotating. Uh, they would be rising in the east and setting in the, in the west, and they're traveling south, right? So the stars over their house. Meanwhile, the constellations and everything is rotating. Uh, so probably not a regular star. Uh, also leads to the idea that it's a supernatural star. Not to mention the fact, if it was over Bethlehem, it would have to be, and over a certain house that they were guided to, it could have been light years away. It had to have been a lot lower in the, in the sky, maybe a few hundred or a few thousand feet. Otherwise, you would not be able to distinguish what house it's shining over because they were guided straight to the house. <clears throat> um, so the visit of the Magi is important because they were not Jewish. We talked a little bit about this in Sunday school. God is opening up salvation and the 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 miracle of Christ coming to earth, and he's opening it up to all people, not just the Jews. And we can kind of infer that from the fact that the wise men were uh, not Jewish. So you have to think, why did God have these 
Gentile wise men uh, travel a, a thousand miles, let's say, to worship Christ, I, I'm assuming, uh, it doesn't specifically say, but I'm assuming that this lends a lot of legitimacy to Christ as uh, a newborn king. <clears throat> so, some of the key points of the star's behavior is uh, first, it's visible in the east or from the east, okay. Uh, it's not visible. It's not visible again until the Magi left Jerusalem, after they met with uh, Herod, and then it moved from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, and then it became stationary over uh, Jesus, Jesus's location. So these all point to a uh, supernatural event that God. Uh, orchestrated and created rather than uh, the stars in our constellation or uh, in our um, night sky. So from answers in Genesis, basically they, in different ways, they rejected all the natural accounts. Uh, they rejected the close conjunction or overlapping of two planets, Jupiter and Venus usually. Uh, they rejected a nova or a supernova, which actually they were able to date to 12 BC. So there was one, but it wasn't at the same time Christ was born. Uh, they rejected the comets because they are almost always bad omens. And almost all the comets that we know of now are able to be tracked, and then they can go back in time and see, okay, was there a comet on this date back then, um, and, and they rejected that. The, the astronomers have rejected that. Uh, and then also talk about the sky would be moving as the stars leading them. <clears throat> um, so the special things about the star, uh, it hasn't been repeatable that we know of. And it could have been similar to the pillar of fire that led the Israelites at night through the desert. Remember, it was a, a pillar of smoke in the daytime and a pillar of fire at night that led the Israelites uh, through the desert. So it's very possible God could have done that. Not to mention the fact that God likes to use light for statements, right? Um, so the birth of Jesus was miraculous, right? Virgin born, many signs accompanied his birth, uh, angel visitations that uh, Isaiah read today, uh, special dreams, Joseph, uh, Mary, and the Magi all had special dreams that helped them make decisions uh, at this time. Um, not to mention the fact that if we just say, oh, you know, it was a certain star at a certain time in a certain constellation, 
in a way, it, it, it erodes the faith, right? I really like the idea that it was a special star that God set up in the sky and that it was a miraculous thing. Um, <clears throat> In Genesis 1.14, God said, let there be lights in the firmament. And he made the stars also, from verse 16. So in creation, light is important to God and a key. And we talked about this in Sunday school, right? The light of the world, right? Isaiah 63 and verse 6. Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. And they shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. So this was written prophecy in Isaiah uh, hundreds of years before the Magi started their trek. So as a conclusion, <clears throat> I believe God used the special star to announce Christ's birth. He used the Gentile Magi to help announce that Jesus was a gift to the whole world in addition to the Jews. And it is fitting that the Lord used a celestial object to announce the birth of Christ, since the heavens declare the glory of God, from Psalm 19.1. I hope this was as interesting to you as it was to me. Thank you for listening. <clears throat>